listening to the Talk in Turkey podcast with your host, Nicholas Caldereri, from the studios of Ryerson University in downtown Toronto. Welcome back to the Talkin' Turkey podcast. We have a very special show today. She's an anchor at CTV News. Amanda Klein, how are you today? Well, reporter. Reporter, okay. <laughs> Fair I'm, enough. I'm, Already fact-checking me. <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for having me. All right. And uh, so I actually brought in cannolis when I walked in, and they're actually mini cannolis. They're not full cannolis, so That's you can have perfect. more of them. That's what that means, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, they're better, smaller. Yeah, exactly. Um, So you actually don't have a New Year's resolution, right? I'm guessing so. I do. I do. Um, I'm trying to work out more. Okay. Uh, That's basically it. (laughs) That's it? It's basically like everybody else's New Year's resolution. That'll probably end in February, (laughs) I'm guessing. exactly. So let's just get right into it. What made you go into journalism? Is it something you always wanted to do since you were smaller? Not really, actually. It was kind of more of a process, I guess. Um, When I was in high school, I took a few media classes, and that's what really sort of piqued my interest, I guess. And then um, in Sejap, I studied media as well. I decided to pursue that, even though my dad was like, why are you going to media? You should be going to sciences. Um, But I ignored that, and uh, I'm glad I did. Yeah, it worked (laughs) out for the better. Yeah, Yeah. I, I actually applied to the journalism communications program at Concordia um, but I didn't get into the journalism part of it uh, so I just did wow. communications yeah. at Concordia <laughs> and then uh, after that I guess I, I took um, an exchange program oh, so yeah. I went to the Netherlands for wow. three months and then I traveled for a year I lived in Australia for a year and during that year I guess I, I started thinking more about what I wanted to do because I kind of was going in the direction of promotions, radio promotions, um, but I decided I wanted to do more, and then uh, I ultimately decided that I wanted to go into journalism when I got back. So is it the traveling that kind of made you find what you really wanted to do? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was into documentary, uh, producing small documentaries, mini documentaries before going into journalism, Um, but it was really uh, traveling and seeing other countries and cultures that really made me want to do more with my life, I guess, and, and dig deeper and come home and be able to do that. So you kind of mentioned if you weren't on cam, you would maybe do something like promotion. What about behind the scenes? Were there any jobs like producer or... Yeah, so that's directing? actually how I started in journalism was being a producer. I was a chase producer at News Channel in Toronto, CTV News Channel. Um, and then I after that, after I graduated, I was applying to jobs all over the country, just whatever, as yeah. anything I could, you exactly. know, get a job in in journalism. As you know, it's difficult industry. <laughs> um, and then I ultimately was hired at CJD 800 um, in my hometown, so wow. that worked out well. Yeah. And then so I came back to Montreal and did that, and um, it was a great experience. Producing is a good way to sort of get your foot in the door. So obviously when you're on camera, there's a lot of things the viewer doesn't see. Are there any funny moments that you have, like maybe standing on a stool or maybe having trouble opening an umbrella? Oh yeah, all the time. All the time? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, people don't see, of course, we try to not broadcast. Yeah, yeah, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sometimes they happen live and it's super awkward, but um, 
like the umbrella one is actually oh, really? one that happens. Well, if well, you need a henchman, I could be that yeah. guy who just comes and holds your umbrella. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and just actually. my glove is on camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but um, I don't know. I mean, even recording the, uh, you know, when you see the, the uh, end product on the six o'clock news, for example, when you see our on cams, you know, yeah. it's never a one take sort of situation. Right. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. there's funny moments in that for sure. So obviously you went to Ryerson for your master's degree. Why did you go get a master's and why Ryerson? Um, Ryerson, I heard, and I still believe to be true, has uh, one of the best uh, journalism programs in the country. And I had already been to Concordia. As I mentioned, I was traveling. I didn't want to come back to Montreal right away. Um, and I wanted to do journalism. And so I ultimately applied to Ryerson. Um, and I applied to UBC as well. Okay. Um, and decided to go to Ryerson. For that reason, it was one of the best. And I think for the master's program specifically, I think it is uh, the best. And uh, I had a great experience there. And I, and I knew at at the time I was, you know, do I really need a master? Should I get a diploma? Um, but then I, I decided to get a master's because with a master's, you can teach later on and it, it's a little bit more of an investment. Um, I'm still paying for that master's degree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. Eventually, we'll see yeah. how it goes. But uh, I, think it's, yeah, I think it was worth it. <laughs> so obviously you got an award from the RTDNA, if I said that correctly, for the breaking news coverage of the Parliament Hill shooting. Uh, just talk about what you or your team did to uh, get that award. Yeah, so it was... Um, I was at CGAD 800 when uh, that happened, and I had just started there. I think I was thinking about it the other day. I'd been there for about a month or something when when that happened, and so obviously everyone was super shaken. We didn't know how we were going to handle this, um, and I was producing uh, the Barry Morgan show at the time, and we were on the air from uh, 9 to noon, or no noon sorry wow I'm forgetting already noon to three noon to three and so it had just broken a, a couple hours before and so that was tough you know obviously from a personal perspective yeah. when you're trying to deal with this awful thing that happened um in our capital yeah. you know you hear of these things happening in the states but it's rare yeah. when it happens in Canada especially on Parliament Hill right. so that was um pretty intense. And then the fact, you know, trying to get people that are there, trying to get people on lo in lockdown um, was super challenging. Obviously, they don't know what's going on. So um, basically, my contribution to that award was getting people on the air. Uh, you know, how are you feeling? What's going on there? Right. Breaking news situation. The information is constantly changing right. as people are trying to figure it out. But um, that was a very high stress, yeah, <laughs> high adrenaline I could imagine. situation. And even, even when you're working at CTV News Channel and you're breaking news, uh, how was that? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of adrenaline that goes into that job. Yeah, producing is, is difficult, especially um, for a 24-hour news station like CTV News Channel when you're constantly um, having to fill airtime. Yeah. So you're constantly Repeating trying to things. get yeah. guests and, you know, trying to... Uh, get the best coverage possible under extremely tight uh, time limits. So, yeah, it's uh, never a dull moment. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> for sure, never a dull yeah. moment. Um, but it really, I will say, it really prepares you for 
uh, a career in journalism yeah. because you're once you're you know in a situation like I am now at CTV Montreal, it's kind of a luxury yeah. to, to have a whole day to to file a report. Right. So um, it really prepares you um, trying to find people. You know, um, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all of these platforms, of course, help right. finding people. You know, I think about even ten, five, ten years ago, or maybe ten years ago. Yeah. When people didn't have, didn't have yeah. that, it's like, how did you wow. even do this? Completely different world. So, yeah, so it's it's really intense, um, but it really prepares you at the same time. So, obviously, you've traveled a lot. Now, do you just kind of travel to unwind? And, like, what's a, your favorite place that you've traveled to? Oh, my God. I can't You choose. can't pick one? Um, okay. <laughs> but when I lived in Australia, um, of course, spending time in Sydney and Melbourne and then having the chance to go to Vietnam. And, and then when I was in uh, doing my exchange in the Netherlands every weekend, I was somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I can't choose. I think most recently, um, my boyfriend and I went to Spain this past summer. Oh, wow. And that was unreal. Yeah. Um, we didn't really know what to expect, uh, but we flew into Barcelona and then Malaga and Seville. So we did those three um, places and it was, it was really, really nice. And that's sort of what we like to do is kind Just of see the city. Of, yeah. Like mix of relaxing and adventure, right. you know, check yeah, out as much as we can in the time that we have. And it was, it was incredible. So obviously there's a lot of controversy and debate about what women wear on air I'm, I'm just wondering if you've ever been limited in what you could wear on air I, I think it's different in the states compared to to Canada I mean I watch um, women anchors or reporters in the states that I guess dress a little bit differently but here you know it's really just what you think is professional right. there's never really been um, any controversy or you know, I've never been told you can't wear that or, you know, I, I think I'm pretty conservative yeah, 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 yeah. when it comes to what I wear. But yeah, um, yeah no, I've never No, I was really... speaking more about the industry and not more yourself. Oh. Um, or like, because sometimes you see it like the Twitter trolls will like say like mean comments to like an anchor because she just has her arms showing. Oh, yeah. There was that controversy yeah. not long ago yeah. about the sleeveless. Yeah, exactly. Sleeveless oh, anchors. God. Yeah. I mean, I think... Honestly, I think women should feel comfortable and free to wear whatever they want to on air. And if whatever they think is is in their right. best taste, then yeah, yeah. go for it. And I think people should just mind their own business. Yeah, exactly. So is the way you dress on air, I'm guessing it's the same that you dress off air? Like, Not you, really. Or do you have like a stylist that like chooses all what you wear? Well, we have a stylist, but it's more just... To, to guide us in the, you know, what would look good on us. Because, you know, it's different. It, it is very different what looks good on TV versus what right, looks good in Yeah, real that's life. what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, and I'd say my personal style is much more casual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, on air, you know, I think it really yeah. depends. I tend to go more towards blazers and, like, pretty conservative yeah. Um, things. But, yeah, it's, also, it's always um, – you know, more fitted things on air because, yeah. you, know, you know, baggier things don't typically look, as look good. good on yeah. camera, things like that. So obviously you've done a lot of interviews. Is there one that stands out as the most memorable? I don't know if there... I've done a lot of interviews. I don't know if there's one in particular. I'm typing you up here. <laughs> She's not taking it. 
I know. Um, I don't know if there's one that one in particular that stands out, but one it, interviews in general that stand out, I think, are the ones um, that affect people. I mean, in the spring floods, for example, a couple years ago, I remember um, just literally we were wearing our hip waders. Oh yeah, I remember that. We had to walk yeah. into flood zones like, you and the cameraman to, yeah up to our waist in some cases um in the west island you know it's yeah. like it's crazy it's still to on think the island of montreal happening um and i remember just you know seeing a family and or a husband and wife and they were just you know exhausted and everyone else had left their homes you know they're still trying to save their home and I was like, oh my God, this is so crazy. Yeah. And to even to get to them, you know, they're like, oh, be careful. There's a slight hill there, but of course you can't, you can't see, it. see it. So even to right. get to them, to like ask them how they're doing, what wow. they're doing, yeah. you know, that, that'll always stand out because it, it was just, it, it's the interviews that really affect the people, yeah. you know? So just talk a little bit about your reporting style. Um, how did you find it? And are you still fine-tuning it to this day? I think you're always evolving as a reporter, always. Um, I think, you know, when you serve, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I can speak for myself in that when I first started at CTV, for example, it's like you're just trying to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're Fair just enough. like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to, you know, interview this many people. You know, it's obviously important that you have to get balanced coverage. So right. getting the representatives from both sides whoever that is um and then you know coming back first you, you only find out what you're doing the morning of generally and then you have to set up the interviews interview the people come back and write the script edit it well you know then you're you're vetted and then in my case I edit all my stuff so it's a lot of pressure um you know and then you get to a point where you know, like right now, I'm paying particular focus to my writing style. And, um, you know, at first, it was my delivery on air and how to what are you focusing on your writing to be more concise or to be more creative, creative? I think, um, you know, it, it's, especially around the holidays, there are limited, right. <laughs> yeah. limited stories, right? That people too. are on vacation. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes, certain stories get repeated, right. like Boxing Day, right. for example, oh, man. the classic. So, you know, you always try to... Did they send you to the mall and you didn't have time to buy anything? Because <laughs> you had to work? Oh, That's really? Fine. Wow. Yeah. We always go to Best Oh, Buy. my God. No, but, it, you know, you always try to find, like, new angles, different things like that. You know, you just... If you're assigned a story like that, you always try to be creative. So you did that interview with the guy who just bought that big flat screen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but this year, it was his first... Um, Boxing Day in Canada. Oh, okay. That's so a nice twist. There exactly, you go. Wow. Exactly. It was, yeah, you got to find excited. those. Yeah. So what would you say is the most challenging part of your job? I think time. I mean, off yeah. the top of my head, it's just the, the time constraints that we're under. How limited is your time slot for your hit? Well, we have all day typically to work on something, but we're expected often to be live at noon and then provide 
uh, a rant sometimes for the five o'clock show. Sometimes if it's a really big story, we're asked to do hits with news channel. So it really depends on the day, but generally it's, it's a lot to pack into a day and you know, there's never a day when it's like, Oh, I had enough time. I feel like, I I feel like I'm good. You know, it's, you're always just trying to running on adrenaline on the rush. Yeah. Doing the best you can with, with what you have. So I'm sure not all the interviews have gone according to plan. Is there one that stands out as the not so good or the worst interview you ha- you've had? Um, worst interview. I think again, more generally, it's just the people that don't really know what they're talking right. about. Right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> if they, you know, if you have a a spokesperson for a certain company or organization, right. and, and you ask a question and. They're they just, like, oh, I don't know. They read the statement. And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Care to elaborate? Yeah. <laughs> I have to do a story if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think that's the worst. Or, you know, of course, uh, PR or communications people, it's their job to protect yeah. the reputation of the company. So right. if you're trying to get an answer out of them and they're just not budging, yeah. it's just, it's as it's a journalist, yeah. it's extremely frust- frustrating yeah. if they're not really willing to expand. So obviously with politics, there's a thin line between trying to report objectively and telling the facts. Uh, how do you find that line when you report politics? That's interesting because this was my first um, election campaign that I was covering um, as a journalist. And that's uh, always the challenge, right? Because each party has their message, their announcement of the day. And of course, you that's part of your coverage so that people can be as informed as they can yeah. going into the, the voting booth. So you want to cover those stories, but at the same time, there's internal sort of politics yeah. that play out every day, the more controversial um, elements to the campaign that you also have to report on. So it is challenging and it and it's um it's challenging when the parties are proposing different um you know different platforms and you're trying to combine that into a two minute piece yeah. for example yeah. you know and, and politics like sports in many ways it's you have to refer to your background knowledge your um you know the the knowledge that you already have about these certain parties or what they've done in the past and incorporate that too so there's really there's no you know it's not a, a black and white thing it's really as the day comes and you have to sort of present both sides or all sides evenly and then let people make up their minds so obviously when you're in the public sphere you catch the attention of a lot of people does that also come with a lot of criticism from Twitter from executives at all or not really to be honest I'm pretty quiet on Twitter oh yeah (laughs) I think because as a journalist it's it's you know Twitter I find is um very a pit like if you if you have a strong following on Twitter it's because you have opinions or you're or you're funny or you know if I'm on Twitter it's more stories that I'm covering and it's difficult as a reporter to be funny or retweet certain things that I find smart yeah. or funny. That's because, why you have to have a burner account. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because then it, it's in some cases it could show a bias, yeah. and that's not what I'm yeah, on what Twitter to do. to do. So, yeah. you know, I I lay low and I don't. I've never knock on wood <laughs> had um, had bad experiences on Twitter, but I know it happens. So don't send her your memes. Yeah, guys. <laughs> yeah. we'll send them. But I yeah, I send them, but she won't reply. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so on an off day, 
What will Amanda Klein be doing except a podcast with a questionable journalist? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Thank you. <laughs> um, typical day. Well, we just got a dog not too long ago, so I'll be that walking the dog. That takes up a lot of time, yeah. yeah. Walking the dog. Um, you know, a lot of normal stuff. Probably planning my next vacation. <laughs> or uh, researching. I feel like you're always doing yeah. that. As soon as you come back from the last one, you just go on Expedia. <laughs> totally, totally. But uh, yeah, a lot of dog stuff, family, friends, um, traveling. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of if I have vacation of right. the staycation. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. a big fan of <laughs> going out, getting yeah. out of the city or, you know. Do you go because, to cool restaurants at all? Yeah, some, yeah. some restaurants um, trying to save money these days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so that too. It's <laughs> like, another New Year's thing. <laughs> yeah. Is not cleaning the dishes worth it to go out? Yeah, I don't yeah know. exactly. Probably exactly. is. So uh, lastly, I asked all my guests if you could share a thought or a quote that you found meaningful or simply thought-provoking, and uh, you could think about it. I'll go first. And uh, this is an Ernest Hemingway quote, and it says, oftentimes, we don't listen to understand, we listen to reply. And I thought that was like so relatable for like journalism or even everyday life, where like you're trying to say your opinion first, and you're not listening to like what other people have to say. And there's so much you could learn from listening to what other people have to say. I'm sure you'd agree with that. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most important qualities of a journalist. And I think too, there's a lot of ego in this business. Yeah. And um, really to just stop and listen to the subject you're interviewing, you know, what they're going through yeah. or what message mm -hmm. they want to get across. I think it'll make you a better journalist. I'm guessing also at least the follow-up questions, which just leads to a better conversation too. Absolutely. Do you have a thought or a quote at all? I don't know who said it, but lately I've been thinking a lot about, um, you know, you're, you'll never regret the things you don't do. I mean, it right. kind of, or yeah. Yeah. That, that could apply that to a lot. Sense. I mean, so basically do, do something that scares you. And I think that's important, um, in a career as a journalist, because it's important to keep growing, I think, and to keep learning new skills and, like I just anchored my first. Yeah, I was just going to say, how did you just apply yeah. that? So um, I just anchored my first show before the holidays. And of course I was nervous. Yeah. Of course, you know, but it's like, it's such an important growing step uh, yeah. as a journalist to, you know, I'm, I'm a reporter, I'm a VJ, so I can shoot and edit my own stuff, uh, assignment editor sometimes. Right. So I think it's important to um, have as many skills as possible, especially for young yeah. journalists coming up, you need to know how to do it all. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're scared or yeah. nervous or you don't think it's good enough. <laughs> it, you know, it's important to just do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, I try to apply that to me. Easier said than yeah. done sometimes, but I try to apply that to myself. And I think That was a lot of titles you have. I guess you're a multitasker on and off the air. Yeah, then. Exactly, exactly. All right, Amanda, thank you so much for doing it. I really appreciated it. Thanks for having me.